0: Of course, there are some things that you have to worry about with the iPad. But one of the things that is always good about it is even if the lights go out, I don't have to worry about anything. I've got my sermon right there. I can still see it. Remember that, too. (laughs) (laughs) I will. That is the downside. I actually did have, um, before I got the iPad, Marissa gave me a Nook once. and so I used it a little bit for sermons. I, all I did was use Scripture. And so going from Scripture to Scripture, I overloaded it. And it came up this little thing that said, force clothes. And, and I was like, oh, boy. And so uh, I just turned it off and reached under the pulpit, pulled out a Bible, and I kept going because I had, it is all Scripture, thankfully. But uh, that's the downside of it. But there are some plus sides, too. <laughs> Our lesson for this morning continues our series on Christian living. As far as Christian living is concerned, we have so far talked about sin and the power that sin can have over us and how we are to overcome it. We need to understand sin in order to overcome it. And so that was the point of our last lesson. Today's lesson, though, is on the power of prayer. I dare say that prayer is probably the most powerful tool that a Christian has in his arsenal as far as overcoming Satan and sin and and all those things that come about it. Prayer is the most powerful. But I also dare say that prayer is probably the most seldom used out of all the tools that we have as Christians. Prayer is a very powerful thing and it's a wonderful thing for us as Christians to be able to take our problems to God and know that He is watching out for them. Know that He has the power to influence the things in our lives. To be able to trust Him. Those are some blessings that Christians have, but it's something that we seldom recognize. Prayer is an essential part of Christian living. I don't believe that you can be a Christian and not be a prayerful individual. It's our way of conversing with God about our fears, hopes, dreams, and desires. And without prayer, we are left with a one-sided conversation between us and the Almighty. His side being the Scripture. We have this to read, but if we don't utilize prayer, we're not talking to Him. There is no one to petition in our times of need. No one to turn to except for ourselves. There is no legitimate reason for hope in this life if we don't utilize prayer. Prayer provides us with the power and strength that we couldn't have otherwise. It gives us an intimate relationship with God, a closeness that is not otherwise felt. It affects how we view our wonderful Creator. Our lesson objectives for this morning are first of all to learn how to pray as taught us by Christ and to recognize the importance of prayer in the life of a Christian. First of all, let's look at Jesus' teachings and example. We understand that Jesus taught his disciples how to pray. Now I dare say with most all of us in this room this morning that we're Christians. And maybe it is that we believe that we've known how to pray for a very long time. But do we really? Do we know exactly what we need to ask for when we pray to God? Do we know exactly how to come before him? You know, even in our prayers within our assembly sometimes, you know, it seems like we go through the motions and we say the same prayer over and over again or we say phrases that we've heard all of our lives. I, I can think of certain people and I can associate them with certain prayers that they have prayed. Uh, one individual, I remember hearing his particular prayer when I was growing up a long time, a lot of years, and one, thing, one of the things that he would always say is, you know better how to bless than I know how to ask. That was one thing that was particular to his prayers that I remember. I remember another individual that whenever he, he would pray, he quoted a whole lot of scripture. How do we know that what we're praying is exactly what God wants us to pray? How do we know that we're praying in the manner in which God wants us to pray? Those things are very important. It's very important to notice what the Bible teaches about prayer. So even if you believe that you know how to pray, pay attention. You might learn something. Turn to Matthew chapter 6. We'll begin reading at verse 5. Matthew chapter 6 and beginning with verse 5. Jesus gave the Sermon on the Mount and part of His sermon was teaching His disciples how to pray. In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 5 it says this, And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogue and on the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men. Assuredly I say to you, They have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetition As the heathen do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Is God pleased with the longest prayer? Is he pleased with the the loudest prayer? What Jesus is saying here is what God is pleased with is, is our prayers that are done in private more so than anything. Not to say that there's not an importance in praying together, and certainly it's an important part of our worship, but what God desires is for us to pray in secret. When we pray, we talk to Him between just the two of us. We don't have to say any fancy words or use the biggest words or anything like that, but when we bring the thoughts of our heart to Him, that's what He's pleased with. Some of you may have seen the movie War Room that came out a few years ago. And in that, that movie, one of the big things about it was, was that, that the people in it, they, they went into a closet. They, they set aside a closet. They moved a lot of stuff out of it. And they, they set a chair maybe in there and they would just go into their closet and pray privately. And, and we don't have to go into a closet, but go into a private room. Those are the types of prayers that God wants to hear. Don't use vain repetitions. You don't have to, to say all kinds of different things that, that people have said or, or that you've heard or, or, or quote scripture. You don't have to do that. Just pray from your heart. Verse 8, Therefore do not be like them, like the, the hypocrites, the, the heathen that he talks about before. For your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask Him. In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Do not pray to be seen. Private prayers between us and God are what God desires. Now there are times where we pray together. There are times we need to pray together. One with another. uh, On behalf of something. Or or something in particular that we're thinking about. Or that's on our mind or in our heart. Pray privately as well. Don't make this the only time that you pray. And don't make praying around the dinner table the only time that you pray. Any time that you have a need. Of any kind. Take it to God. He knows your needs. And He knows how to bless you. Do not use vain repetitions. Pray with a pure motive as if you are talking to a friend. Because you are. And some of the particular points with the model prayer that, that Jesus presents to us Praise God. You know, it's oftentimes that we pray and we, we think of of taking uh, this care or, or or this illness or whatever we're faced with. It, we we take those things to God. But do you ever just pray to say thank you? Do you ever just pray just to recognize the power of Almighty God to recognize? How much He has done for you. Do you ever thank Him? I think of the ten lepers that Jesus healed. And how many of them came back to thank Him? Just one? We need to praise God. When we pray, we need to praise God. Recognize His greatness. Pray for what you need is second on my list. And on Jesus' list, this is His model prayer. This is what He is teaching us to pray for. Pray for what you need. James chapter 1 and verse 17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Pray for what you need. Pray for forgiveness. We must first realize that we are sinful and ever in debt to Christ for taking our sins to the cross as He did. We have to recognize that we cannot be forgiven unless we are forgiving. Take into account the parable of the unforgiving servant in Matthew chapter 18. We read there of the servant that that had a great debt to his master and he couldn't pay it. And so he begged and he pleaded with his master and his master forgave him his debt. And yet someone had a very much less debt than his to his master. They owed him something and he refused to forgive them. And he was condemned for not being forgiving as he had been forgiven. Pray for forgiveness. Recognize that we are sinful. That we do make mistakes. Recognize that before God and ask Him for forgiveness. And pray for God's providence. There are two types of providence that we need to pray for. First of all, what I might refer to as general providence. The good things that are provided for all people. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 45. That you may be sons of your Father in heaven, for He makes His Son rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. God blesses everybody. With certain things. Such as sun and rain. Different types of weather. They fall on the good and the bad just, just as well. That's general providence. But we also need to pray for special providence as well. Though we do not know exactly how this providence is provided, we must believe that God has control of the lives of His people such as the lives of Joseph. Think of how God took care of Joseph. Think of how God took care of Esther and so many others throughout Scripture that God took care of in various ways, in different situations, and yet He cared for them. That's special providence. And we pray for special providence upon us and upon others as well. That God will bless us in our individual situations in the way that He knows how. Romans chapter 8 and verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. To those who are called called according to His purpose. If we continue to serve God, we know that He will work all things in our favor. One way or another. Maybe not in the way that we think that He should. But nevertheless, He will work everything out in our favor if we trust Him to do so. We recognize outside of Jesus' teachings on prayer that Jesus Himself prayed. Have you ever thought about that? Jesus is the Son of God. And yet, how many times do we find in Scripture that Jesus prayed? Jesus was man he he was the son of man just as much as he was the son of god while he was on earth and even so jesus prayed i find that fascinating mark chapter 1 and verse 35 now in the morning having risen a long while before daylight he went out and departed to a solitary place and there he prayed Luke 5 and verse 16, So he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. Luke 6 and verse 12, Now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. We we don't do that, do we? When was the last time you spent all night in prayer to God about something? Honestly, I don't remember the last time I did. That's how much he prayed. That's how much he wanted God to to have that relationship with him that he would hear him. He prayed. Not only did he pray on those occasions, but he prayed also when he was baptized and beginning his earthly ministry in Luke chapter 3, verses 21 and 22. He faced critical moments in His life, such as when He went to the cross and He prayed about them. Luke 22 and verse 41 and 42. And He was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw. And He knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, Father, if it is Your will, take this cup from Me. Nevertheless, not My will, but Yours be Done. He prayed in pain and anguish, knowing what He was going to face. He prayed about it. Jesus prayed. What does that tell us about the power of prayer? If it was important for the Son of God to pray to God the way that He did, and as often as He did, how important is it for the Christian to pray? Let's look at the impact of prayer on the Christian. Well, What does prayer do for us? What do we gain from it? What do we get from, from praying to God? Prayer provides an intimate relationship with God. I mentioned that in the introduction, I believe. But it provides us with a relationship with God that we cannot have otherwise. If we do not pray, then God seems very far away from us, doesn't he? And rightly so, if we aren't willing to talk to him, then he seems very, very far away and far from our reach. But he's not. As a matter of fact, God is there even when your friends forsake you. Even when you're faced with different trials, God doesn't leave you like a friend will. Have you ever had something bad happen in your life and and noticed somebody that that disassociated themselves with you because they didn't want to deal with it? God doesn't do that. It's important to have an intimate relationship with God, and prayer provides that. Understanding God to be our great and powerful Creator does not constitute a close relationship with Him, but prayer provides us a way of taking or talking to Him. And that improves our relationship with Him. Prayer strengthens our faith. Have you ever thought about that? If you want to have a strong faith, have a strong prayer line. Faith is strengthened when we petition Him and see His faithfulness in answering. And again, He doesn't always answer in the way that we want Him to, but He always answers one way or another. You're never going to get an unanswered prayer. That was a popular song back when I was growing up. Sometimes I thank God for unanswered prayers. I've come to realize that as a Christian, there's never, never a prayer that goes unanswered. Was was Hannah's faith strengthened when God provided a son as she requested? As we read in 1 Samuel 1. Was David's faith strengthened when God granted him safety from his enemies? Absolutely. As prayer builds our trust in God, it also encourages us to pray and turn to Him more often, time and time again. Psalm 4 and verse 1, Hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness, You have relieved me in my distress. Have mercy on me and hear my prayer. Why did David pray? You have relieved me in my distress. You have done this for me in the past, so now I'm praying to you again. Psalm 6 and verse 9, The Lord has heard my supplication. The Lord will receive my prayer. You've done this for me time and time again. You have blessed me. You've answered my prayer. So now I come to you again and I pray once again. Our faith is strengthened in our prayer. So does prayer have any effect on us? Absolutely it does. But as we close our lesson for this morning... I want us to notice how we may limit the power of prayer. Have you ever thought about that? Prayer is a very powerful thing, but have you ever thought about how you might be limiting the power that it holds? Praying without faith. Have you ever prayed a certain prayer, but in the back of your mind you just have the, the, the idea... Well, God's not going to answer this one. And if you have that in mind, then then why even pray? What's the point? And I think of, of prayers such as the prayers that we have when we're children. Lord, I'd love to have a new bike for Christmas. Sometimes we pray in ways that we shouldn't pray. But especially if we have the idea in the back of our mind that our prayer is not going to be answered. And there's no point in praying it. So don't even bother. If we pray without faith, we might as well not pray at all. Faith is required when we petition God. Without faith, one cannot truly believe in God or His promises. Hebrews 11, for instance. Notice what it says in verse 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. In order to have things and hopes uh, of things that we believe, we have to have faith. That's what makes all of these up. And in verse 6 it says, But without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is. If you're going to pray to God, uh, you, you can't pray a prayer. Well, God, if there is a God... That's not a prayer. That's a wish. There's something different there. It's not a prayer. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. We must believe that God exists. And not only that God exists, but that he does bless his people when they pray. Without faith, one cannot trust God to answer prayer a simple fact. Faith and prayer leave no room for doubt. Either we pray in faith or we don't pray at all. James chapter 1 verses 5 through 8. James chapter 1 beginning with verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach. And it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord, He's a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. He who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. We can't pray with doubt. We must pray in full faith. Another way that we may hinder the power of prayer is by praying selfishly. Praying for what I can gain and, and not having any respect or any thought to what others need. We are not to pray with self-gain or reward in mind. And, and especially, you know, as we look at at different people who have prayed proud prayers and And things of that nature. We're not doing this in a self-seeking way. That's not what prayer is all about. James chapter 4 and verse 3. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss. That you may spend it on your pleasures. You cannot ask with only gain in mind. Jesus taught that seeking first the kingdom of God is most important. If we seek His kingdom, everything else will be provided. Matthew chapter 7, and beginning with verse 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Or what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread we'll give him a stone or if he asks for a fish we'll give him a serpent if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him seek god seek first his kingdom and his righteousness Everything else will fall into place one way or another. All things work together for good to them who love and serve him. Praying out of pride can hinder our prayers. Praying out of pride, such as we read in the Pharisee and the tax collector. Matthew or Luke chapter 18, Luke chapter 18 and beginning with verse 10. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, and even as this tax collector. Thank you that I'm not one of them. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. That was a prayer of pride. In verse 13, the tax collector standing far off would not so much raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast saying, God, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Verse 14, I tell you, this man, the lowly tax collector, that the Pharisee was so glad that he wasn't one of of those, this man went down to his house justified, rather than the other, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be exalted." And finally, another way that that we may hinder our prayers. And there may be others, but this is the last I might list. Praying while holding on to sin. Have you ever done that? Praying for forgiveness and yet the next day you go back and do the same thing that you did before. And you don't actually change anything in your life. that may hinder the power of prayer. Psalm 66 and verse 18. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. He knows sincerity. And I'm not saying that there aren't times where all of us may be guilty of of praying for forgiveness and, and doing the same thing again and maybe again but that doesn't mean that, that we're not sincere about trying to change. It just means that we're struggling with that particular sin. But there are some people who pray for forgiveness and they, they commit the same thing over and over again because they, they think, well, maybe it's sort of like what Paul talked about in the New Testament about the people and how they were, were, were doing these things because they thought, well, if I sin more, I'll get more grace. That's not the idea. But when you pray for forgiveness, be sure that you're sincere about changing your life. Actually repent. Actually make the change. Stop being the same person that you've always been. But endeavor to be different. Don't try to pray and hold on to sin still. If, keeping, you know, if we have a dividing line, you're keeping one foot in the world and one foot with God. You can't do that. that. That's not praying with sincerity. You see, if we want God to hear our prayers and recognize them and actually forgive us, we cannot continue to hold on to sin. if we're not careful as Christians, we may be hindering the power of prayer. Prayer is a very powerful tool. But it's one that we need to utilize every single day. Last week we talked about how we are at war with sin every day of our lives. It's about, it's a constant... War And sometimes we lose the battle. Sometimes we win the battle. But there's a war that is raging. It's raging within us. We're trying to get away from sin. And yet Satan still is trying to tug at us. And try to get us to be with him. One of the most important weapons that we have. Aside from the word of God. Is the power of prayer. But are you praying? Are you a prayerful individual? Are you utilizing every tool in your arsenal? Don't mind. Let's take a moment to pray. Our Holy and righteous Heavenly Father, we thank you for the many blessings that you've given to us. The ability that we have to be here today we thank you for blessing us as you have we thank you for everything that you give us to be able to serve you in the way that you would please we thank you for your word and for the importance that it is to our lives and finally thank you for the privilege that we have Recognizing that it's not a right, we thank you for the privilege that we have to come before you, to petition you with any cares or concerns that we may have, any temptations that we may be facing, any illnesses. We thank you that we can bring these before you through prayer, through your Son, because of the sacrifice that he offered and of given his life for our sins. We thank you, Father for everything that you've given to us. And Father, we pray that you'd help us to recognize the power of prayer, the importance that it is to our lives as Christians. And we pray, Father, that you'd help us to to use prayer in our lives on a daily basis. Help us to be strengthened in our faith. We pray, Father, that you'd help us to Always recognize your ability to answer our prayers and trust you to provide what is best. We have many individual concerns and, and things that, that we know we need to pray about. But Father, we pray now that you would continue to be with us as Christians, that you would give us everything that we need to withstand the powers of Satan with evil. Help us to stand in your truth. In your word, help us to set a good example for those around us. And we pray, Father, that if we have sin in our lives, if there are things that are keeping us from a right relationship with you, that you would forgive us. We thank you once again for Jesus, for everything that he did for us. And it is through him that we pray. Amen. I don't know where you stand as far as your life is concerned. I don't know if you're a Christian, if you've done those things that you need to obey the gospel. We understand what the Scripture teaches of repentance and confession of faith and and baptism for the remission of sins. And maybe it's that you've not done those things and you need to come to Him in obedience. Maybe it is that you've become a Christian and you're not a faithful child of God. Maybe you've not been using prayers you should. Maybe there are other things that are keeping you from God. If you need to come in repentance, to ask for forgiveness, or simply to ask for prayer on your behalf, we'd be glad to help you in any way that we can. If you'll come as together we stand and as we stand.